Welcome to the Payments Podium Podcast, hosted by the payments professor himself, Kevin Olson. This podcast discusses the past, present, and the possibilities of the payments industry. Here's the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Payments Podium. I'm the payments professor, Kevin Olson, and so pleased today to be able to bring you yet another episode of the Payments Podium. And today, well, today I've got a special guest rock star of payments. I got Lisa Coffey from Corporate America Credit Union. Lisa, would you go ahead and just say hi to everybody for me? Hello, everybody. And and Lisa, what, what is your actual title over there at Corporate America? I am the Chief Innovation Officer. Chief Innovation Officer. That is awesome because, folks, today we're going to talk about innovation and payments. And I've had this discussion with Lisa before, so I'm really excited to be able to get it recorded and documented, to be able to go through and to tell everybody about, well, what's happening in the world of innovation? Actually, I get to ask Lisa about the world of innovation, and I know she's going to drop some knowledge bombs on you as far as what you can do to be innovating. But before we get there, we know on the payments professor's um, payments podium, we start off with the past. And that's where, well, Lisa, how did you end up getting into payments and becoming a chief innovation officer? How's that even happen? Well, I started work when I was 12 and I was a proof operator <laughs> and a teller. And uh, my mom worked at the corporate credit union in Tennessee and my dad got transferred so she said this is a great place to work Lisa you really should work for a credit union so I did I took her spot and never left okay as a proof operator now some people listening may not know what a proof operator is I know right tell us us what that is because I think that leads to why you're so innovative you've done some of these I want to call them monotonous harder tasks that exist in the world of payments. So what's what's a proof operator? What did you do? So back in the day, when a teller took a check-in for deposit, it went up to the back room or dungeon, what we called it, called proof, where every check we had to encode with magnetic ink. And on the back, it would stamp the bank of first deposit on the back and then it would go to the sorter for processing and cash learning for collection. That sounds like a lot of manual work and a lot of manual labor. Yes, it was amazing. So what? tell us some of the things though that you saw if you started there and doing a lot of that manual stuff that in your career you saw, hey, we need to have some innovation in the world of banking that the credit union world really needs to see some innovation because some of these tasks like that are monotonous and there's a lot of ways we could be improving. Well, you know, if we're talking about past, the big thing, credit unions were ahead because banks were still mailing checks back to each customer in their statement and credit unions never did that. So members were used to not getting those checks back. So that was another incentive for me to move to um, the corporate in Tennessee because um, we didn't have to file checks after they were processed and file it by account number and name so it could go out in the statement and verify that all those checks are in the statement and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, 
That was a huge thing going to image technology was a huge disruptor, I guess. Then um, 9-11 was a huge disruptor for uh, Check 21, uh, was called the Check Truncation Act, remember, before that we could never get through. And then 9-11 happened and we were able to do it. You know, no questions asked there. <clears throat> and that was a huge, huge disruptor because for credit unions, it was difficult uh, for them to process their deposits. They mainly used other banks where they could uh, take their checks to be processed out for collections and corporate credit unions weren't really in the game because they were geographically challenged to every branch and every drop box for checks. So, I mean, we saw innovation on how to handle that, <clears throat> but the, you know, the, the, the big thing right now, I know digital technology, but I mean, it's not just digital, it's on all rails now. It's all lines are, are gray. And I think, you know, as we think of strategies, we need to think if it's good for this rail, it's good for that rail. It's good for every rail, you know, just like the, the new rule of uh, account validation for ACH. Hold, hold on, I got to slow you down because I know. I know, I'm going to go, I'm sorry. You're already, you know, a, a year or two into with your plans and yeah. with your ideas. Let, let's slow down and, and again, get let's get to today, which you already are okay. doing such a good job. So there were challenges with geographics, there, uh -huh. wherever you were located and being able to deal with the geographic locations. And, and you know, even then, I try to tell people, people would schedule when they would go to the bank, like it was an event or they'd go to the yeah. to be able to make deposits because right. it wasn't right. as convenient as it was today. There was the removing of the paper, they're getting rid of the statements and electronifying everything. Those were big moves in innovation at the time. We may look at Correct. it now and go, oh, that's just common sense, right? Well, it wasn't common sense then because it wasn't common. It was something that had to be innovated and happened. But then you, you also mentioned, you know, like 9-11 and what it caused as far as having the progression of checks going to an electronic, all electronic format for mm. exchange to be able to take place. And that gets us into now to where we are seeing more and more digital. Um, I still remember when you could... At, the early days of the internet and you first got online to use your bank, let alone being able to use your phone to be able to do mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. is, would you say that's where we are now? If we, if we jump up to today or the last five years, what have been the really the biggest innovations in payments? Well, the biggest innovation in payments has probably been the phone. Um, everything to me, uh, being able to do all your finances through your phone. Um, and if you don't do it, you're, you're, you're losing and you're losing now, you, business. You mean the account holder or the financial institution, the, the financial credit institution. Union offer, yeah. You don't offer, if you don't offer a way for your member or customer to do business with you via your phone, you're not gonna, you're not going to be around a long time. Not anymore. One thing I wanted to go back to is I want to go back to that credit union as an industry has had to think outside of the box because of, the, you know, we have cert certain um, small employee groups that we <clears throat> are tied to. Um, we don't have a, a big geographic. Each credit union doesn't have a huge geographic footprint like Wells Fargo or, or Bank of America. So we had a, we've had to 
always think of ways to make things work, i.e. the um, shared branch network to, to make uh, funds transfers if you're not <clears throat> in a place where a branch is. Okay, can um, you of your share branch real quick? Because I've used sure. that before, and a lot of the followers of the Payments Podium and the Payments Professor are actually people newer to banking and newer to and I would, electronic payments. And I've mentioned shared branching, and they're like, so what do you mean shared branching? Well, I'd like to make an argument for, um, I was at a meeting in a, <clears throat> in a meeting where it was discussed that account to account isn't really a big need. And I disagree. I think it's a huge need and banks just don't know because there's no way to do it. So I think once you can do it, especially with faster and real-time payments, they'll see how much of a need it is. Because what is it? The average consumer has three different financial institutions. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's what it is, right? Three? I think yes. I read that somewhere. I hope I didn't dream that. But yeah, that, <laughs> I think that's, it's that's actually true. And it's ridiculous to have to drive to a financial institution to 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 make a transfer or or like what I've had to do is write a check from one account take a picture of it to mobile deposit to, uh, it's ridiculous. There has to be a better way. And I'm not gonna spend $80 million to do a wire um, just to transfer money because they're paying a higher rate and I wanna move my money over there, right? I mean, anyway, so I disagree. I think account to account is a huge, they just don't know it's a need. Banks don't, credit unions know. Okay, but can you tell us what shared branching is? Shared branch, oh, I'm sorry. Shared branching is a network where all credit unions participate and there's a common API where they can transfer funds, pay loans, but they have to physically go into a branch to do that transaction. So my main account is at a credit union in Florida and I live in Alabama. And if I want to um, transfer money or deposit a check into my account in Florida, I can go to a branch here in Alabama and deposit, take that check in, sign it and deposit it and it shows up in my account. So, And those credit unions by agreement deposit on the other credit unions behalf and the checks are endorsed as, it looks like when it goes out for processing that it was my credit union that I took the check to. Okay, and so I am I right in saying that. basically shared branching is an innovation that credit unions created that made mm -hmm. it to where you could go to any credit union, it doesn't, they can be different credit unions, as long as they're sharing within that network, you're right. able to still conduct your banking functions, even though it's a different credit union, right? Correct. That, that is definitely an innovation that we saw in the, the world of credit unions and electronic payments. And I'm with you on that account to count. I'm, I, I don't want to, you know, let that one fly by. Anybody out there listening going, hey, wait, 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 this account to count thing, it's an issue. It's an issue for me too. I'm in that same boat. I've got some checks coming in from some work I've done. And yeah, I said checks because the people mm -hmm. are still paying me a check. Like, I, I'm not going to say no to money. I mean, none of us are, right? right? But I'm realizing I've got, you know, my business account over here and I've got a personal account over here. And because things happen, I made some purchases for the business on the personal account and I need to get the money exchanged between the two. And it is a hassle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if that's a problem today where we need some innovation, 
What's the solution? What, what is something that we can go out there and put into the industry to solve that problem? So are we going into future now? I can answer this. We're, we're going to get to future. Let's, let, that's more like today. That's more like a present issue. But So what, what's the solution for the present issue? As a chief innovation officer, what solutions are you innovating to make this happen? So I don't know why it's so difficult, but... If I want to, if I want to move money from my account in Florida to my account in Alabama, I can authenticate both. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. I can do both, and the money can move fairly quickly, right, through same day ACH, right. So it's not like uh, you wouldn't get caught kiting, and especially with real time payments, you definitely aren't going to get caught kiting, right? I mean, I could see that that would be a risk that you would would have to do. But, it, you know, just in the shared branching network, we're checking balances. They're going to know if that checks, you know, if you have money in those accounts and they're going to put holds on it and you can put holds on it and all that kind of stuff, however you need to do. But as far as authenticating, I'm me here and I'm me there. That should be a no-brainer. And, um if, it, if it's an app, it should be an option on your mobile app or anything to, to be able to do an ACH transfer to a different financial institution from yours. I mean. I agree. Okay, what are other innovations that right now, we need right now? What, what other issues? Because I mean, it, it's interesting because I'm listening to you and it sounds mm -hmm. like as a chief innovation officer, what happens is you really see the problems. What you really get to do is you get to see, hey, this is an issue, a problem that account holders, members of yours are having, and it needs to be fixed. So instead of, you know, maybe I need to rephrase the question, what are not the innovations we need to do, but what are the other problems that we're seeing in the industry that we need to fix? So um, the fintechs have been a disruptor, I think, to the banking industry and credit union industry as a whole. They kind of snuck in under the radar um, because I think um, maybe arrogant to a fault, we're thinking, well, they're not a financial institution, so they can't do what we can do. Well, clearly they can and they can somewhat do it better. Um, and they're forcing, they're driving change in the way we do business instead of vice versa which is unfortunate. We should have been ahead of that and should have anticipated the need. So I think as an industry as a whole, and I, I sit in a unique situation being a corporate credit union, we're like a banker's bank. I can look at any, I can go to any asset size credit union and talk about their pain points and what they're seeing. And then I can look at the payment processing um, platforms that we have today and see across states and across you know accounts what type of activity is going on and for you know the last several years um paypal and venmo and the cash app and apple pay has just skyrocketed and in the first couple of years when real-time payments was first um a hot topic so many financial institutions were saying you know i'm just not seeing a need for that nobody's right. asking for <laughs> right. And, it, and it's like, so what we did is we uh, looked at just the ACH transactions of the credit unions we process um, in um, 
incoming and outgoing ACH files. And we just started looking at all the volume and what the cash out volume and dollar amount was and started saying, taking that information to our members and saying, uh, your members just aren't asking you for it because you don't have it and they're going somewhere else. And look at how much money is going out there and not to you. And, and you know, it doesn't matter. My daughter doesn't care if it's a financial institution like Wells Fargo or Bank of America or a credit union. They just want it on their phone and they want to be able to do it now. Okay, you said so much right there, because you're right. I, I also agree. The fintech snuck in there, some of them. Some of them work very well with the industry to be able to help the, the financial institutions, the credit unions to survive and thrive. Mm-hmm. Some of them, it's almost like they don't know the rules. But mm-hmm. you're, you're right in the sense that, um, or I agree in the sense that people weren't asking for it, at least not directly, but they were asking for it, and they still are. And you, I love how you, you dug into just your ACH data to be able to yeah, look and see, this is what they're asking for. So you looked in different ways to hear what they're actually saying. You listened to the data, it sounds like, and that that showed that they were actually asking for solutions. And then the mm-hmm. last thing you said that just, you got it. They don't care. They don't care. They do it on their phone. I, I, I've got a care. friend of mine, he's in his 80s. And he even tells me, it's stupid, I got to go to the bank. Should I use this app or this app? And I'm sitting there going, I'd rather you not use either app. I'd rather you go to your financial institution instead of one of those. And he goes, oh, they don't give it to me. So which app do I use? And it's like, oh my gosh. Now, now that, that does lead us though to, those are the problems. Those are the issues. And I love the way you're innovative and in how you're looking to see what's being asked of your account holders, of your members. But let's go ahead and jump into that future. What does the future of innovating payments in the world of credit unions really look like? Well, the strategy that we came up with and that I've done a couple of presentations, I think, didn't we? We even discussed it together on a presentation, didn't we? We have. Is you've got to list, you've got to not just listen to what your member base or your customer base wants, but you've got to really look at your transaction data. I am not a data person, so I want somebody else to look at it me and tell me what it says because you know I like to build play with things and make things. I don't like to look at data. But <clears throat> when I when you see how it's going and and then you listen. You get on webinars and you listen to panels where they have, um, I was on, I listened to a panel of young adults. They were um, high school and college. And they just basically said, if if I can't do my finances on my phone, I'm not going to do it with your institution. So if, if you're trying to get a younger demographic Um, And FYI, it appears that these younger demographics are going to be savers, not spenders, and they're going to watch their money. They're going to want some functionality on their phone where they know at any given minute what they have in their account, and they're going to spend what they have and not spend what they don't have. Um, That's what I've seen. I'm not saying that might be for the whole. um, But that's kind of the tendency I see. I don't know what you see out there too, 
if you agree or disagree on that. Kevin, what do you see? Do you agree with that? Well, well, wow, I've got the guest of the payments podium turning it around to interviewing the payments professor. Good, good job there, Lisa. And uh, I can't go without answering that now. I, I see the same thing. And here's why I believe I'm seeing the same thing. And it's app driven. It's fintech driven. I look and I see especially a lot of the investment apps. In fact, there's one called uh, Clio. Well, it's more money management. Clio is an app that will about yell at you. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's an automated type bot, but it helps you keep track of your funds and it helps you know, hey, you have this much money going into investments and you have this much money available. Oh, and you wasted away this money if I go and look at you know, your actual statement because it's doing what you said. It's looking at the, da the data. It's also yeah. on the phone. So I think right there, if, if I were to ask you, what advice would you give to anybody planning in a strategy or strategizing, however you know you want to say it, innovating for the future, uh, you know, what would be three key points? It sounds like one is look at the data. Another one is put on the phone. But besides looking at the data and putting on the phone, what else should they do for their strategy for innovating for the future of payments? Look for pain points. What are pain points? If any transaction requires a signature or somebody coming in, that needs to change for your period. If it requires a signature or somebody coming in. Now, some people might be out there screaming the security issues. There are solutions for the security issues, just mm -hmm. for those of you out there. Some of you might be screaming other issues, and maybe we'll bring that up on a future episode of the Payments mm -hmm. Podium. But before I let you go, one of the things I do like to do when it comes to closing out the Payments Podium is because a lot of our followers are the generation that's coming into payments. Some have been there for a while, but mm -hmm. a lot of them want to know, what can I do to improve my career? So I look at you and I know you've got a lot of experience in banking and you, you've got a title that's about created yourself, chief innovation officer. What career advice would you give to somebody in the banking world? And they might, some of them are in the fintechs. Some of them are actually, you know, in the credit unions, the world too. What advice would you give to somebody who's wanting to become, let's say the level of chief innovation officer, wanting to get to where they create their own career path in the world of electronic payments and, and come up with their own title and it happens? What would you tell them to do? Well, if, if you know, it, from a young age, it's, it's like we're taught that, you know, you've got to do what you love. And, and I disagree with that. I think you can find you can love what you do and, 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 and you have to find a joy in that no matter what, whether it be credit unions or bankings or, or loans or, or low income designation for community help. But you, if you want, if you make that decision where you want to be a part of, uh, in the financial industry, in the payments arena, and want to be part of the innovation, you've got to immerse yourself. You've got to look at podcasts. You've got to read every article. And it, it can start as easy with a commercial, like you and I have talked about. Aspiration, Chime, any of those commercials. As soon as I see it, I'm Googling and half the time I'm texting Kevin saying, did you see this commercial on this or did you hear about that? And there's always going to be the rules people. We need them and the compliance people to keep us in line. But, you know, it's a push and pull and you have to work together. But if you're requiring a consumer to come into your branch and there's going to be times when they want to do that. Right. But I think 
for the success, especially if anything this pandemic's taught us, we have got to have a better way to conduct business or we're not going to be in business and it'll be PayPal and Venmo that will be the survivors. And, you know, there's, there's, there's risk in that. And we can talk about that later, but you know, that's, so you immerse yourself in it. You go to conferences, you get on work groups, you, um, and if you want to get on board with a, a credit union or a fintech company, study that company. And when you go to an interview, you better know what that company does, what their culture is and study their website. I, I can't tell you how many times people come to interview and don't know what we even do. And I'm like, why, why are you here? Why do you want to work for us if you don't even know what we do? So. You, well, you, you said a lot of things I love. I mean, one of the things is if you don't know what you love, love what you do. And, and I, I constantly tell people, if you don't know your purpose, why don't you just live with purpose until you figure it out? Absolutely. Then it, well, then it, it doesn't, you don't even have to figure it out. It just right. happens. It just right? happens. It just but happens. The immerse in the study, the go to conferences, the participate in the work groups, put yourself out there, even if it's sometimes just listening in. So I love all that. All right, before I let you go though, are there any last comments you want to leave for everybody that, you know, hey, this is, you know, the really on my mind, I got to let it go while I'm still on the payments podium. Oh man, you put me on the spot there, Sam, you might have to cut this out (laughs) because I think I started off with that. Account to account, baby, that is a need. Don't just don't think that that's not a need. (laughs) I love it. Account to account. That is a need. What a way to close out. All right, everybody. I am the payments professor, Kevin Olson. You've been listening to the payments podium. If there is maybe somebody you think should be on an episode of the payments podium, or maybe there's a topic you would like to have addressed, then please email me, Kevin at paymentsprofessor.com. I'll do all I can to get them to be a guest on the payments podium, or I'll do all I can to find somebody to be a guest to address the topic that is of your concern. I thank you all for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day and have to say, blast dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Payments Podium Podcast. Check back every Thursday for a conversation with the Payments Professor. This podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Olson and edited by Sam Sue Smith. See you on Thursday.